Hi, it's dating coach Chris Luna from Craft Charisma. Welcome to the Craft Charisma podcast, our free audio coaching program where we interview the top experts in the world at helping you become the man you've always wanted to be. My guest today is Sebastian Callow. Sebastian is the head dating coach and founder of the London-based Authentic Man Within. Uh, They are a dating coaching company that helps men to relate with women with more power and clarity. They also help them become more courageous, more socially intuitive, more authentic, happier, and healthier. Sebastian, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Thanks for having me, Chris. Sebastian, I'm hoping to start by having you tell me a little bit about your background, how you got into becoming a dating coach, and what made you start The Authentic Man Within. Okay, so my name's Sebastian, as you've already said, and yeah, run Authentic Man Within, which is a dating coaching company for guys, and essentially... It's for guys who want to go out and be able to express themselves better with the opposite sex and cultivate the sense that no matter where they are, no matter what their situation, they can walk up, start talking, and know that they have a damn good shot with a woman that they're attracted to. Uh, I got involved in this area, actually, as a result of not being very good at that. (laughs) And so uh, way back in December 2006, I was really struggling with this area. You know, I'd had just one relationship in my life. And I've been through a long spell of unintentional celibacy. So it wasn't a happy place. And I sought out some advice, read some books, found some things on the internet, took a workshop, and I went out and started practicing. But uh, unfortunately, the workshop I took and the stuff that I read all taught you how to or advised to be indirect in the way that you express yourselves and use tactics and techniques. And while this was quite interesting, and it was a great insight into female psychology to see how some of that stuff worked, Ultimately, in the long run, it held me back because the thing that I believe and I found for myself that gives the greatest level of success is to be able to say what you want, how you want, with whomever you want, and develop that sense of comfort and ease to express yourself authentically. That's what gives the best results, and that's not what I was doing. And eventually, when I swapped over to doing that, things really snowballed. I started to uh, get some good results. And to consolidate everything I learned, I, set, uh, I offered some free coaching on a, an internet forum, and that grew and expanded, and I set up Authentic Man Within, and four and a half years later, here we are. That's awesome. So, Sebastian, you were talking a little bit about how you went to this workshop, you, were, you learned to approach women indirectly, and your approach evolved. Can you talk about these two different approaches and how they're different? Okay, so uh, the indirect thing uh, is mainly geared towards bars and clubs and stuff like that. Essentially derived from the book The Game and guys like Mystery and uh, various companies that, that teach this kind of thing. So it would be to walk up to a group and to have some kind of scripted opener that, uh, what do they call it, active disinterest. You're kind of starting a conversation, but you're trying to convey that you're not interested, which is essentially not the truth. I might start a question, ask, uh, start a conversation asking a question like, Hey, do you guys think kissing is cheating? In fact, I said that very uh, opener so many times I wanted to kill myself. (laughs) Eventually, after saying it more than a thousand times, I was like, I'm going to say anything but that. So that would be indirect to to kind of cover up your intent and and start a conversation indirectly. A a direct way of starting a conversation, if you're in a bar or club, to walk up to a group of girls and say, hey, I thought you were cute. I wanted to come say hi. That's just being direct. That's just saying what the situation is. And, you know, when it's done well, more often than not, it's a good response. Sometimes women won't want to talk to you, and that's, that's cool. That's cool. 
even if you go indirect, sometimes girls won't want to talk to you too because they'll feel like there's something up, there's something uh, not quite right about the way you're expressing yourself. And even when you do get into the conversation, it's a high wire act to then work it around to, um, to actually showing your interest. It's all doable and it can work, but it's, it's really long-winded. And as I say, ultimately in the long run, it, uh, for me at least, held me back in terms of really evolving the sense of comfort and ease within myself to say how I felt. And, uh, you know, I'm all about self-development. And so it wasn't for me. I do know some guys who have success with it, but, uh, it's definitely not what I recommend. Sebastian, you were talking a little bit about getting comfortable with yourself and you mentioned that there was some internal conflict with this process. What were some of the issues that you were struggling with? To, to develop some sense of comfort and ease within yourself, you have to be able to make your external expressions uh, most closely match your internal state. Otherwise, you're hiding. So if my internal state is, hey, there's a really attractive girl. I want to go and talk to her. But what I say is, hey, do you think, quick question, uh, you know, do you think kissing is cheating? Or, hey, do you know where Starbucks is? My external expressions are not most closely matching my internal state. And I'm stopping myself from evolving towards being comfortable enough to say how I feel. And as I say, ultimately, in the long run, that is what garners the most success. I mean, for a lot of the guys who are listening to this, I think they're struggling with this, right? There is exactly what you're talking about. There's these kind of different levels of communication, perception. That's probably a better word. There's a kind of how they think about themselves, how people how they think people are thinking about them, how uh, people actually think or feel about them. And they don't always match. And, and I, I agree with you about this idea that you want this consistency because the more comfortable somebody gets with themselves, uh, the, the more kind of consistent, the more authentic they become. And, and what you're really talking about is, is kind of beginning to yeah say what's on your mind, which is really the first kind of step of asserting yourself. For a lot of the guys, they would be nervous starting off uh, going to kind of this extreme, which is really not that extreme. For any guy sure. that's confident, they just kind of say what's on their mind. It's not a big deal. But if you're starting off at the place where you're describing you were starting off, or I know when I was learning to kind of find my voice as a man, I had trouble asserting myself. How do you go from zero to 60? How do you get from point A, where you're at now, to like being a guy who's comfortable and can walk up to a girl and say, hey, I saw you. I thought you were gorgeous. Wanted to talk to you. What's your name? Yeah, yeah, no, sure. Like, I get it. Like, at this point, you know, where you are now, maybe where I am now, it doesn't seem like a big thing. But if we go back a few years, certainly for me, yeah, it's, it's really difficult. And yeah, that is the way it is for most guys, you know. And even most guys in society who haven't actively sought help or looked into this area, if you, are, if you said, hey, buddy, I want you to go and uh, tell that girl you're attracted to her and have a conversation with her, they would be too scared to do it. So it is, it is something that requires... Uh, a little bit of work and a great way to do it is to uh it's a small chunk everything you know if, if, I, if i if you say to a guy go over there start a conversation with a girl uh you know try and navigate the conversation create a connection grab her phone number and see if you can get us to come on a date with you that's what like way too much for him this is way too much to think about it's a whole lot of stuff and just a small chunk each skill so one aspect is to to just get in touch with saying what you feel and feeling what you say without attachment to outcome. And one way that you can do that is to go out, say, in day-to-day -day situations, if you live in a city where there's lots of people, there's lots of attractive girls, and just walk up to a girl and be absolutely raw and real with what you're doing. And again, this might be quite challenging, 
uh, and quite vulnerable in a way. But you're practicing and you've got to accept where you're at. So you might walk up and say, hey, I know this is really random. I'm just practicing expressing myself. And I just wanted to tell you that however you feel about her. So you might say, you're really beautiful. But you might say, you're really sexy. I love the way your clothes hang off your body. Maybe that's a bit too much for a really nervous guy. But however you feel about it, you might just say, hey, I just want to say you're really cute. Then don't try and continue the conversation. Just say, have a good day. You know, it's oftentimes when you do this, and especially when you can really connect to the feeling, and you don't want anything from the interaction, you see how that, that creates a really positive impact because you're giving the gift of a sincere compliment that's true, and you're not wanting anything in return. And initially, it might be quite difficult to do that exercise. You'll feel nervous. It will come out a little awkward, whatever. But it's just a very simple exercise. And the more and more you can get in touch with, as I say, saying what you feel, feeling what you say without attachment to outcome, uh, the better. And there, there are various other exercises that uh, you can put together for small chunking different skills, like how to navigate a conversation, et cetera, et cetera. But that's a great starting point. And uh, doing that exercise, you'll really start to evolve uh, a comfort and ease with expressing yourself and you'll also make a lot of girls very happy not all of them will respond well to it but that's that's all part of the fun too i mean this is a great suggestion you mentioned some of these kind of other small chunks or different things that you can do to develop other skill sets can you talk about some of those yeah so like uh, another aspect of meeting women would be able to you know navigate the conversation from a place of genuine curiosity so another exercise you could do would be to go out and, uh, again, you just walk up, uh, start the conversation, say, hey, I know this is a little random, but I'm just practicing starting conversations with strangers, and you looked interesting. I wanted to come say hi. And then go for what you're curious about. You know, you can either ask her from a place of curiosity, and by the way, you could do this particular exercise with guys, couples, groups, whomever, because it's just about learning to navigate a conversation through, through curiosity. And you can either ask a question, or you can make an assumption, which is you'll, you'll come to find that when you do that, it's slightly more engaging, you know? So there's a, tell me, tell me about you. Where are you from? Or there's like, um, you know, you look really artistic. You're either a musician or a graphic designer, you know? It doesn't matter whether that assumption, either of those assumptions are correct. It's just slightly more engaging. Yeah, that exercise can help you learn to navigate the conversation if you want to, and there's various other aspects. If you want to learn to express sexuality, you can just really focus on that. You know, certain things might feel inappropriate, but uh, there's a way of framing everything whereby it's okay. So if you wanted to work on, and this is maybe slightly more advanced, expressing your sexuality, you can walk up to a girl and say something like, uh, hey, I know this is a little inappropriate, but I wanted to tell you that one, you have a really pretty face, and two, you have a really, really sexy, curvaceous body, okay? So you, you just made it okay by uh, saying, I know this is inappropriate, as in, when you display a social intelligence of something, you cancel out the fact that you broke the social norms, okay? When you understand the social norms, it's okay to break them. So if I just walk up to a girl and I say, hey, you have a really sexy ass, she might think, oh, doesn't he understand that's not appropriate? But if I say, I know this is inappropriate, and then I can soften it by saying, one, you have a really pretty face, which is a more gentle compliment, and two, you have a really sexy ass. You know, that's a nice way to frame it and to get you more and more in touch 
with expressing your sexuality. Uh, again, maybe that's not for beginners, but that's a little exercise you can do for that. So this, you can small chunk everything. And, and, and in that exercise, if you're just working on that, again, you can terminate the conversation there and say, have a really good day. But there's a, you can small chunk everything. This is essentially what I do with guys uh, through coaching. I have little exercises for just about everything. And I, I tune into where they're at and what we need to work on. And we go for the juggler and, and work on that. And uh, oftentimes there's a lot of things they need to work on. So we'll small chunk different skills and begin to bring it together towards the end of the day to something more cohesive, coherent, where we can actually just go out and talk to girls and you know make things happen. Sounds to me like your overall strategy is similar to even what you said at the beginning, which is how do you get the guys to express what they're feeling? So if they're, they see someone they're sexually attracted to, how do you say that to a woman or get over your fear of doing that? If you see someone you want to talk to, then how do you approach them with intent? So all, all of those exercises are challenging. I, I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, are you, are you kind of getting at how do you get over the fear? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm trying to get a better understanding of what it is you're doing, your approach, but I do actually want to move into that. I do want to talk a bit about fears of approaching women. So a lot of guys are scared of approaching women. What can they do to get over these fears? Because it sounds like you're giving us tidbits of what you do, but uh, maybe you have kind of like a more concise way of articulating how you teach this idea. Essentially, what I am trying to get guys to do is to say what they feel and to feel what they say. And that takes practice and repetition and so on and so forth. There's nothing that holds someone back from doing that. It does help to have a coach or even a buddy or a mentor who, who can help you go and do that. Obviously, the thing that holds guys back from doing any of this stuff, whether it's indirect or direct, is fear. And obviously there's like more fear when you're being more in touch with saying how you feel because it feels like more you're laying yourself on the line. And I think the main problem that guys have with this is that uh, there's this universal uh, recognition that confidence is really attractive in a guy. And, you know, I'm, I'm... I'm not going to deny that confidence is attractive in a guy. You don't find any dating ads for guys who are unconfident. And we all know that. And so when we feel afraid, you know, being afraid doesn't really correlate to confidence. And so what most guys try to do is they try to squash um, the fear. It's like, I need to get rid of it. I need to not be afraid. And when you try and squash fear or approach anxiety or whatever you want to call it, it actually just adds fuel to the fire. There's an old expression in some kind of spiritual circles that what you resist persists. I think Eckhart Tolle, uh, among other people, uh, used that one. And it's really true. If, if I'm nervous, and I'm like, I need to not be nervous. I need to not be nervous. I just get more nervous and, and I actually get paralyzed. So the way that I get guys to overcome fear is to, rather than resist it and try and squash it, to actually accept it. So if you have butterflies in your stomach, you know, rather than trying to get rid of that feeling, breathe in and actually feel it fully and embrace it. And then even maybe say to yourself, I'm nervous now and that is okay. Because the thing that holds guys back from acting is not actually fear, it's the resistance of fear, okay? If you don't resist fear, uh, it's okay, it's okay. And of course, guys will say, well, if I go in and I'm nervous, that's not good. And actually, it's okay, especially in 
day-to-day situations. Sure, if, if you're in the club, if you're in a really high-end nightclub and it's two in the morning and the girl's been hit on however many times and you don't go in confident, she might not give you the time of day. Even if you do go in confident, you might have to work through a few things. But if you go and start talking to a girl in the middle of the daytime and you're direct about it, she will give you a little bit more credit for that because it seems really spontaneous and, and, and doesn't happen to her much. And if you're a little bit nervous, you'll be forgiven. The first time I ever uh, approached a girl in the middle of the daytime and I was direct about it, I was really like really having to get myself to do it because I was so afraid. And um, as I went in, I started to express myself and I was obviously nervous. It came off my tonality and the way I was expressing myself and all this. I wasn't really trying to hide it. I couldn't hide it. But it actually went really well because despite the fact that I was afraid and she knew it, she could feel it, she could see that I'd force myself to come and meet her because I really wanted to. And in that moment, she felt really special. So when it comes to fear, it's okay is the message. And the more and more you can accept it, oftentimes fear and anxiety becomes transmuted into excitement. You know, fear is just a label. And when it's accepted, it becomes something not so negative. And sometimes you just feel excited. When I see a girl now that I want to talk to, it's not like I'm dead inside and I'm just totally relaxed. There's excitement there. And uh, I just accept it and I roll with it. And that's something that I really get guys to get in touch with. Accept your fear. Go up. Say what you feel. Feel what you say without attachment to outcome, without trying to get anything. That's the first things that you need to be able to do. And the more and more you can get in touch with that, then you can work on the next stage, which is being able to navigate a conversation. In terms of my approach about how I navigate a conversation, after you go in and you express how you feel, you know, guys always want to say, what do I say and, and how do I say it, okay? And before all that, before all what do I say and how do I say it, first of all, I want people to be anchored in their purpose, like why are you doing it, okay? And the reason that I go in if I see a girl I'm attracted to and I'm single and I want to go talk to her, my, my purpose is to get to know her, to see if she's the kind of girl that I want to spend more time with. You know, guys get this all the wrong way around. I just want to get her number. I just want to have sex with her. Well, first of all, you want to know if she's the kind of girl you want to spend more time with because you're going to have to spend more time with her even if you just want to have sex. And just being anchored in that purpose gets you anchored in one um, coming across as a guy who has standards, it comes across in your nonverbal communication. You, you've gone in, you were direct, but you're kind of like, tell me about, you, you might not say this in your words, but it comes across in your tonality and your nonverbal communication. Tell me about you, who are you, and why would I want to spend more time with you? That, that kind of shines through. That's one thing. And in terms of knowing what to say, it allows you a framework for navigating the conversation. So the way that I would navigate a conversation is really simple. I'm going to ask questions that I'm genuinely interested in knowing the answers to from a place of curiosity, okay? Because there's two reasons to ask a question. One is because you didn't know what to say, and one is because you're genuinely curious. And women tune into the energy more so than the words. So if I'm, like, really nervous and I'm just trying to continue the conversation, I'm like, oh, where are you from? She's going to be like, oh, he doesn't even know what to say, and he's just desperately trying to continue the conversation. But... If I'm just genuinely curious and she looks exotic, you know, not your average English girl like we get here, all right, tell me about you. Where are you from? And I'm coming from a place of curiosity has a different response. Now, better still, if I can frame that 
question in the form of an assumption just because it's slightly more engaging. So I might say, you know, you look really Mediterranean. I bet you're Spanish. Slightly more engaging. The trouble here is in a day-to-day situation, say you just stop to go on the street and you have this kind of conversation. Even if she's really attracted and interested uh, and you're, you're engaging and you come from a place of curiosity, she might not give much of a response surely because she's not in social mode and she's a little bit nervous and stuff like that. So you have to usually, more often than not, in the early stages, carry the conversation a little bit. So say I say, you know, you look Mediterranean, you're Spanish. And she says, no, I'm Italian. The way that you can carry the conversation at this point is by doing two things. One, you just simply make a comment on the response, okay? So I say, oh my God, so many Italians in London, maybe more than there are English. It's just a comment on the response. And then I relate the question I asked to her, even though it was an assumption, back to myself. So I assumed that she was from the Mediterranean, but the question was essentially, where are you from? Now I'm going to talk about my background, okay, just to carry the conversation a little bit. I say, I'm English myself. Uh, my dad's English and my mum's Irish, but I'm a Londoner. I've been brought up here all my life. So I just carry the conversation. I don't say anything fantastic. And just in carrying the conversation for a little bit, commenting on a response, relating the question back to myself, uh, it just raises the comfort levels. And then I throw, I throw it back to her and I dig a bit deeper on, a, on the same or a related topic. So I'd be like, why would you come here? Why would someone come from sunny Italy where you've got beautiful food, beautiful weather to, to rainy London? What brings you here? Or I might say, you know, what's your perception as an Italian girl of English guys? You know, so question, essentially all it is is question, statement, question, statement. Questions from a place of genuine curiosity maybe framed in, in the form of an assumption. And statement, you always got something to fall back on by just commenting on her response, relating everything back to yourself, and then digging a bit deeper. That's a really basic framework to, to hold a conversation during the day. Um, in a bar or a club, you might want to be a bit more fun and frivolous, and obviously you have to uh, talk to more people. That was a great response. I think listeners should actually re-listen to that three or four times because there's so much great stuff there. You mentioned relating it back to yourself. You want to explain a couple reasons maybe why that's important? It's a good question, actually. The only real reason to do that is to just raise the comfort levels, okay? And sometimes I actually won't do that. The, The situation in which I won't do that is if I can tell she's really attracted and interested already right off the bat, and she's quite confident. So to give a stereotypical example, sometimes Brazilian girls are like that, or Latin girls. They're, they're like really like it when a guy's direct. And they're also really confident within themselves to just have conversations. They're very warm people. And uh, in this case, I'll ask her a question. So say I say, you know, you look really exotic. You look Latin. Uh, and she's like, oh, yeah, I'm Brazilian. So she still, does, she still just gives me a, a couple of words. I can tell that I can just get her to talk more. Uh, so I'll just say, oh, cool, why, why, did, why did you come to London? You came here for the sunshine, the handsome English men, why? I'll, I'll just throw it back to her because I know I can get her to do more of the talking. And my purpose is to get to know her, to see what kind of girl she is. So as long as I can get her to, to talk and open up about herself, that's me being anchored in my purpose. And as a natural consequence of that, she'll probably do a bit of the talking and she'll probably start to ask me questions in this particular example. So the only point in relating it back to myself is just to carry the conversation for a bit to raise the comfort levels. And also I just share a couple of things about myself that makes her feel more comfortable. So then when I throw it back to her for these girls who is the most common example, 
they're, they're not super confident and super attracted right off, right off the bat. That then the comfort levels are raised and I throw it back to them and they'll, the more that I can carry the conversation and then throw it back to them, the more that they begin to open up a little bit more. Whereas if you get like a really nervous girl and you put all the pressure on her to do all the talking early on, she can't handle it and she might just walk off. Dating coach Chris Luna here. This is the perfect time to take a quick break to talk to you about three simple things that you can do to dramatically change your life. First, listen to this entire podcast and then subscribe through SoundCloud, iTunes, or Stitcher. This way you'll immediately be notified every time we share a new release. If you listen and apply the ideas we discuss on these podcasts, it will change your life forever. Second, go to craftchrisma.com, create an account, and become a member of our community. There you can read articles, listen to podcasts, watch videos, ask us questions, and document your journey in our forums. Great men don't become great on their own. All great men are members of a community, and Craft Charisma is your community. Finally, if you're serious, and I know that you are, about making massive changes to your life as quickly as possible, check out our live coaching programs on our website. Craft Charisma live programs are the fastest way to improve your dating and social life. And who knows? Attend our live programs, let us get to know you, and you may end up as a member of the Craft Charisma team. Again, thank you for listening. Now back to the podcast. A woman's going to make a decision on whether she's going to give you her phone number, she's going to uh, go on a date with you, have sex with you, marry you, whatever, based on how attracted or how comfortable she feels around you. She's attracted to you, she'll try to get close to you, and when she's comfortable, she'll allow you to get close to her. And essentially what you're talking about is when uh, she doesn't feel that comfortable, sharing a part of yourself that will, one, make her feel comfortable, and two... As long as you don't do anything crazy, the more time she spends around you, the more comfortable she'll feel. She says, I just got a dog. You say, well, my brother got a dog recently too. I want one so bad. My whole, I grew up in a family full of dogs. What type of dog do you have, right? So essentially, it causes her to kind of relax, feel comfortable more with you. Can you, can you talk a little bit about maybe some of the strategies that you use to teach this to guys? Because some guys might not exactly understand, like, what should I be sharing? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, like... You don't have to share anything magical. The conversations don't have to be so brilliant. This is what a lot of guys think, and especially if they've read a lot of stuff on the internet, funny lines, and they, they don't actually try too hard. But, um, you know, in the example I give, uh, in any case, it's natural to share on the topic that you're talking about. So you're going to throw something at her on a topic that you're genuinely curious about. It might be what she, where she's from, if she's exotic. You might be really curious about what she does because sometimes girls do something they're passionate about. And if they don't, it's interesting to find out why not. And so in either of those cases, you share about your background, you share about what you do. Just a couple sentences, not you go on for a bit and, and brag and stuff like that, but essentially what I'm trying to create is kind of an organic conversation in a situation that is not such an organic situation or it's not a situation that most people are used to because most guys are too scared to talk to girls and especially in the daytime but in a normal situation let's take a more normal situation where guys and girls meet say like there's a party right say i'm hosting a party and uh you know i'm there talking to my friend jane and then you come in i'm like hey chris this is jane and i introduce the two of you and then i say hey i'm going to get a drink you two will just start talking and you'll feel comfortable because you're both at the same party. You both have a shared friend. Uh, you'll ask her questions that you're curious about and she'll ask you them back because she feels comfortable. Yeah. 
and you'll maybe have a bit of flirting, a bit of uh, a bit of fun, and, and get to know each other. There might be some sexual tension, and who knows? You'll <laughs> knowing you, Chris, you'd probably <laughs> you'd probably seal the deal. Um, but uh, in the street, say for instance, especially if you just stop her while she's walking, she's nervous. So when you ask her a question, and uh, she she responds just a little bit, and she doesn't ask you anything back. But normally she would. So you want to just stay on that same topic comment on her response and relate it back to, to yourself as if she asked you, even though she didn't. Or sometimes what you can do is just say, you know, say you make an assumption about what she does and then she tells you, oh yeah, uh, you know, I'm studying business, I want to be an entrepreneur. You comment on her response, oh, that's really cool. Like, uh, you know, not many people know, not many girls know what they want to do with their life. That's cool. Hey, what do you think someone like me would do for a living? So you can actually bait her into asking, and again, simulating that more organic conversation where you're getting to know her and she's getting to know you. It's just a case of creating a, a more organic conversation in, in maybe an unusual situation. Uh, but to answer your question a little bit more directly, I always said that whatever topics I'm talking to her about and I want to find out about her, they're the things that I'll be open and share about myself. I think this is absolutely excellent advice. So much of it is grounded in just, just kind of real, true, organic behavior. Even the story that you describe of the party. I mean, in the party, there's a context that makes her feel comfortable. And on the street, uh, not so much, right? Like, you just kind of walked up to her. Uh, may, hopefully, you she saw you coming. But if you didn't, you walked up, you approached her from behind, whatever. She turns around. Suddenly, there's this strange guy in a place that she may feel safe or may not. I mean, the worst place I see this where guys feel make women feel unsafe is... And it doesn't occur to most men, but at two in the morning or three in the morning when she's walking down across the crosswalk on a dark street is probably the worst time to approach a girl if you want her to respond because she doesn't feel safe. She doesn't know what your intentions are, whatever. And there's no context to create this kind of comfort. So I think this is such excellent, excellent advice. Something else that I noticed is with your questions, even when you're saying them on here, like you're getting excited. You can hear it in your voice. <laughs> you're excited and like kind of genuinely interested when you ask a girl a question or in the example questions. The second thing I notice is although they might be asking the same things that we all need to know in order to get somebody, uh, get to know somebody like where are you from? What do you do? What's your name? You are asking them in a more interesting way. Can you talk a little bit about how you pick? the questions that you ask because it sounds like you're using um maybe a little bit more i don't know extremes or emotions there's like something else there that i think that you might be able to help the listeners discover yeah i mean essentially the topics i talk about right are what most people would say are boring <laughs> or maybe not most people but a lot of dating theories like don't ask uh, you know where she's from, don't ask what she does. Uh, but I'm curious about those things because oftentimes I find myself ch chatting to foreign women because, uh, you know, I'm pasty and white and I like girls who are not pasty and white. So I'm curious, hey, where did this beautiful girl come from? And oftentimes I want to know, you know, what a girl does for a living. As I say, it often tells you something about her. You know, often girls do something that they're passionate about. And if they don't, you know, it's, it's often interesting to know why they did that. Did they fall into it because the money, because it's just like they had to to pay the rent or whatever and just anchoring yourself in that curiosity allows it to manifest in a more cohesive way as i say there's two reasons to ask a question one is because you're genuinely curious and that comes across in the tonality which is the most important thing and the other reason is because you didn't know what to say 
And, and that comes across in the tonality too. It's like, uh, where are you from? It's like she can feel that. Women respond to the energy, not so much the words. And also as a consequence of that, because you're just relaxed and anchored in the curiosity, it does tend to, you might say it in a more interesting way. You might frame it in the form of an assumption or you might just say it in a more interesting way. You know, sometimes I'd say to a girl like, uh, say, hey, you know, you're so cute. I had to come and meet you. So tell me about you. You know, what do you do when you're not walking down the street looking adorable? Okay, it's just slightly more interesting and engaging than like, uh, where, where are you from? Uh, sorry, uh, what do you do? Pacing oneself, being connected to, to that sense of curiosity. A lot of stuff revolves around being connected to feeling, you know? When you express the compliment in the beginning, if you, if you do start a conversation with that, say what you feel and feel the words as you say them, as opposed to saying it from your head. And when you ask her a question, connect to being curious about her, you know, as opposed to just saying it from your head, like, I have to say this. And it naturally comes out with a little bit more, a nicer pace, a better rhythm. Yeah, and, and this kind of like, it, it does, it is difficult, especially in the beginning, because guys are all in their head. And the, the difference is when you shift your focus onto her, you're outside of your head and, and you naturally come across as like genuine and curious. When you're inside your head, you know, you're all messed up. You're thinking, oh, what should I say next? Uh, uh, was the last thing I said good enough? Does she like me? Is she, you know, all this kind of stuff. Just having you talk about this makes me think of a story. We try to get the best coaches or experts we can when we interview people. But a few years ago, I was sitting in a seminar and I was listening and this coach was was up there speaking. And actually, he's a pretty big coach. And he when he got up there and he was saying, you know, anytime you don't feel comfortable talking about something, you just change it to a subject that you feel really comfortable and talk about that. And I thought to myself, there's not one person I know who's a great conversationalist who does that. They tend to find the people who, are, who I know who are the best conversationalists are people who are genuinely interested in the people around them. They're, do, they're doing exactly what you're talking about. They're, they're curious. Uh, they're fascinated. They, they ask questions and they find things that they love in the people around them. And that emotion transfers. So one thing I'll just say for guys, like, cause I, I guess some of the things I'm saying is like, you know, just improve your nonverbal communication, which is essentially like difficult for guys to hear and, and they wonder how they can do that. So just to give one little learning device, uh, to figure out whether you are like anchored in curiosity and, and how your nonverbal communication sounds, um, is to just, you know, and everyone has this on their iPhones now, just record your interactions, record the audio and listen to it back. Sometimes you'll find this quite painful to do. <laughs> you think you sound really cool and then you listen to yourself and you're like, no, you really notice your own tonality where you're just not, you're just trying to find something to say or whether you're really anchored in uh, a curiosity. So that's a little learning device for guys. Everyone has it. Everyone can record their conversations, listen to them back and, and really tune into your nonverbals. Sebastian, what types of things should they be listening for? Really simple things everyone knows about, like talking too fast is a classic. Like if you're like, hey, you're really cute and that's me. It's just like, she's not even hearing that. All she's hearing is, oh, a guy's talking about me really fast and she'll probably just walk off. So like talking too fast, variance in tonality. You know, there's like, well, when you're saying it from your head, from your head, which is not what you want, uh, it comes across as just monotone. So it's like, if I was to go in and say, Hey, you're so damn sexy. I had to meet you. 
It's just, I'm just saying that from my head. But when I'm saying it from a place of feeling, uh, there's going to be a real variance and there's going to be pauses. Like, you know what? You are so damn sexy. I had to meet you. You're going to notice all these kind of things, uh, really obvious things. When, when I first started recording my interactions, actually, uh, recording the audios, it's a long time ago, and I already thought I was good at this. I thought, I'm good at this area. But once I started listening to them back, you know, it's all kinds of things. Like, you think, oh, my God, it's hard to listen to. Um, another thing is uh, the whole um, trying for rapport, neutral rapport, breaking rapport, which I think I have to give credit to Tim for, from RSD. I think he brought that uh, whole thing into, into the light. But, you know, the trying for rapport tonality is the kind of tonality that a guy has when, or someone has when they're, they're really desperately seeking rapport, which is obviously not attractive. It's kind of the way a child talks to their mother. It's like, mommy, could I have, oh, mommy, please, could I have something? Could I have some sweeties? Could I have a donut? You know, it's like trying for rapport. It's repulsive. Neutral rapport is that kind of like neutral tonality. It's kind of the way buddies talk to each other, like, hey, Chris, let's go for a beer. And then there's the breaking rapport thing, which is the kind of downward tonality. It's the way uh, a boss talks to their employee, like, uh, I want that work on my desk now. And when you're talking to a girl, you want to try and be neutral or occasionally breaking is quite nice. Like, where are you from? She's like, oh, I'm from Italy. Is that okay? Um, So that's another thing to tune into. When I started listening to my conversations, I found out I was always trying for rapport. I was like, where are you from? And it just sounds really needy. so it's a really good learning device to, to listen to your interactions and uh, tune into some of those things. Do you want to talk a little bit about kind of what it is to be an attractive man? What are some of the common traits of an attractive man? I, I think well, the one thing that's good about the, the mystery method and all that, one of the things I like that Mystery used to say, is he talked about the whole evolutionary psychology of it all. And, uh, you know, we won't go into that. I'm sure most people have heard it. Um, I, I, I studied evolutionary psychology in my, as one of my modules in my final year at university. I did psychology. And, you know, there's some truth to what he's saying. And essentially the finding was that uh, in tribal societies, the most attractive guy is kind of the leader. Uh, he's got the most uh, access to resources. And so from that perspective, what qualities do a leader, does a leader have? Well, he's courageous, decisive, purposeful, commanding, and a little bit charming and a little bit charismatic. And if you have all those qualities, and it doesn't matter whether you're, frankly, balding or you're fat, you'll probably still be perceived by a good percentage of women to be attractive because uh, it, it says a lot about you. Women look at us differently to the way we look at them. And when you have those qualities, you'll be attractive. The thing that I obviously kind of would go against is the way that the old school pickup theory would say to demonstrate these qualities is through essentially telling stories that, where you can convey these qualities, which I, I would describe as structured bragging. And it does work if you can structure it the right way. But a much more powerful way to, for a woman to see those qualities in you is to be them. And so, for instance, say if I stop a girl on the street and I say, hey, and, and, and I do it well, say, hey, I know this is super random, but you are so damn sexy and I had to meet you. Say I say that and I do it well. Is that courageous? Yes. Is it decisive, spontaneous? Yeah. Purposeful, commanding? Uh Uh-huh. And if you can carry the conversation just a little bit without saying anything particularly witty or funny, 
because it's a slightly adverse social situation, you'll show a little bit of charm and a little bit of charisma. So immediately she can see you're an attractive man, not through the stories you tell, but by the way that you are. And that's why you want to tune more and more into being purposeful, commanding, decisive, direct, and charming and charismatic. And uh, it comes a lot from saying how you feel and feeling what you say. Um, obviously, there's the, the, another thing would be the pre-selection thing. When other girls are interested in you, girls will find you attractive. And that's also been proven to be true in psychology. They did a study whereby they took big sample sizes. They showed them uh, pictures of guys and they rated them for attractiveness. And they showed a whole, whole another big sample size, the same pictures of guys, and they rated them for attractiveness. But on this occasion, there was a picture of a woman facing them. And obviously, all the guys who were with the girl got rated as significantly more attractive. But again, this can be assumed through the way that you are. So if you're courageous, purposeful, commanding, charismatic, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, you don't need to tell her that you have other women in your life. You don't need to tell stories about how many other women you have in your life. She will just assume that if you could be that way with her, you could be that way with other women. So, you know, it's all taken care of through embodying those qualities and getting in touch with them. Sebastian, you've given us a lot of incredible advice so far, and I know that the listeners are going to be grateful, but I want to shift gears a little bit. I want, I'm wondering if you could talk to us a little bit about when a man meets a woman that he's really attracted to and he wants to take it further, what can he do to build a very authentic, a very deep connection with her? Yeah, connection is created from a level of openness whereby she opens up to you and she invests in you emotionally. And, and the way that you get her to do that is by, again, opening up to her and creating a space of openness where she can come into it. Because more often than not, Girls will not be open with you. They want you to take the lead as with anything. So maybe you get a really short phone number and you just want to, you know, you just want to ask her one slightly deeper question and you might put her on the spot. Say you grab a phone number, you chat to her for just a couple minutes and you grab a phone number, just talk to her a little bit longer. Say, hey, listen, you know, you said you're, uh, you said you're a dancer. I just want to find out one more thing about you before you go. Why did you do that? Did you just do that for fun or is it something you're really passionate about? Or you might just want to ask her what she's passionate about. Sometimes when you do this, you put a girl on the spot and she either doesn't know what to say or she doesn't feel comfortable to open up too much right away. In which case, you just talk a little bit again about yourself. You say, oh, well, me and myself, I can tell you about me, me and myself. I, uh, I studied psychology because I was really fascinated with understanding people. All the jobs I've been done, I've done have been related to that. And that's kind of why I want to go back in and, and do a postgrad in that because I'm fascinated to, learn, fascinated to learn about and understand people. Like, how about you? What's your passion? And just by being open, you can get her to be a little bit more open. She'll tell you about what her passion is and, and why she's passionate about it. And then if you think that's cool, you can tell her that you like that. And in getting her to invest emotionally and then rewarding her by telling her the things you like about her, it creates a connection, you know, creates a space of openness. Um, she invests in you emotionally and you create a bit of trust that you like her and you're interested in her for things, not just her looks. It's great to express an interest in, in a girl's physical appearance. I love to do it. But that doesn't usually want to be the only thing that you express an interest in. And when you do express an interest in some deeper part of her, whether that be her energy, the way that she is, her passions, she appreciates that and she feels like that creates some kind of trust and connection. And this is, interestingly, the reason why a lot of 
phone numbers often don't work out, especially in very short interactions. So, you know, I'm sure most guys listening to this may have had this experience where you start talking to a girl, you talk to her for maybe two minutes, she's really attracted, she gives you her phone number, and, you know, she wouldn't have given it to you if she wasn't attracted to you, probably. Most girls don't do that. But then you call the next day or the day after or whenever it is and it just rings out. And what's happening there, in my opinion, is that when the phone rings, she's like, she picks it up and she sees this you and she's like, oh, there's that guy. Yeah, he was really attractive. He was really cool. But we didn't talk for long. He didn't really get to know me. So I don't know what he wants from me exactly other than sex. I don't really know him. So I don't feel too comfortable. And she just doesn't pick up the phone. Whereas when you can just share a little bit more about yourself and find out a little bit about her and express an interest in that, it creates a deeper connection and uh, she can trust you a little bit more. You can build a really deep connection on a date by really digging down into topics that um, most people don't talk about. On a date, and again, this is for a date, I might ask a girl, like, what, what's the best and worst things to ever happen to you? And again... She and I ask that because I'm genuinely curious. And one, don't ask questions that you're not genuinely curious about. And two, don't ask questions that you're not willing to share about yourself. And that's that can be a really deep and interesting topic. And uh, you know, I've had girls really open up to me in those cases. But oftentimes, they more often than not, they won't do it straight away because you put them on the spot. And it's again, you open up about yourself, you talk about yourself, you share about yourself. You might even share some things that aren't that attractive, but that is quite vulnerable and quite open and it, it draws her in to be open and vulnerable with you. And that, that's where the deep connection is created. Sebastian, I got one more question for you. What is the secret to making sure that conversations don't die off? Because a lot of the guys who are listening to this, they'll, they'll get in situations where things will just kind of die and they'll want to eject. So what can they do in situations where they feel like the conversation's dying out? Well, when you feel like it's dying out, I mean, it, again, get back in touch with your your purpose, which is to be curious about her, to find out about her and see if she's the kind of guy you want to spend more time with. Uh, and you know, you always have something to say by asking a question, you know, from a place of curiosity and then commenting on a response and relating it back to yourself. So that always gives you a foundation. Oftentimes you can riff off and not use that, but that's like a, a foundation that you can use. And other things that you can do if you're really not coming up with anything, and you know this sounds like some of the worst advice ever, you know what you can say, like if you're really nervous and you find yourself uh, not coming up with anything to say, you can even say that to her. You say, you know what, I'm really nervous now. I felt like I wanted to come and talk to you, and now I don't even know what to say. And although that's not confident, it is courageous. And the fact that you have the courage to be that honest, some girls won't be able to handle that, and they might think, oh, that's lame. But a lot of girls will really appreciate that. Like, oh, okay, well, hey, tell me about you. They'll, they'll help you out. They'll help you out with the conversation. And when you actually own up to not knowing what to say or feeling nervous, sometimes you say, oh, I feel really nervous. It actually makes you feel less nervous. It takes the pressure off you. And sometimes you don't feel comfortable and you come up with things to say. So, yeah, it sounds like the worst advice ever. Um, and maybe not something to use at 3 a.m. in the club when you know, it's really high energy environment, but uh, you can get away with this kind of stuff. And sometimes it works really well when it's true in day-to-day situations. Sebastian, this has been absolutely awesome. Uh, I got to wrap this up because I'm over on time. Thank you so much for talking to me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, and if you're listening, you want to learn more about Sebastian, his coaching, some of his programs, we're going to post some links on Craft Charisma 
on our website and within the description of this podcast so that you can learn about him more easily. So thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. It was fun. It's dating coach Chris Thona here. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. And we absolutely love making this podcast. We make this podcast for you. So if there's somebody that you want on the show, let me know. I will yell, scream, stand in front of their house, do everything I do to get them on the show for you. Also, don't hesitate to follow the podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes and Stitcher. You can also give us a shout out through social media, Facebook, Twitter, share it with your friends. And lastly, go to the Craft Charisma website and create an account. There you can talk about the podcast and communicate with me directly. So thank you again for taking time to listen. You will hear again from me soon.